Remember that one time you've seen a pilot on TV or even in real life? Well, my guest, Kevin, studies aviation and he at the moment is a private pilot. Don't worry, you will explain everything during this episode. I interviewed him on his journey to becoming a pilot and what is it to be an African pilot. Stay tuned for This is the Dialogue with Silly Gaps. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So you're a student who's studying aviation. How long do, I, do you have left for you to become a pilot? Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm actually going through uh, my last week. Yeah. Uh, last week. Yeah. Basically, the week that we're going to start will be my last week as a student because I'm going for my check run and uh, I'll be actually getting my commercial pilot license. Right now, I have a private pilot license. I can actually carry people, family, whoever wants it. I can actually go to places, uh, but I can't be paid with a private pilot license. For the commercial pilot license now, I can get a full job. I can actually go to places and uh, I can basically uh, work for anyone or maybe for myself. That's it. You said that you have a private license and you cannot get paid and also you said that you can carry families and just we let's say people want, yeah what's the pressure that one gets you know knowing that i'm carrying people's lives as a pilot okay uh i guess there is a certain level of responsibility you have to carry yeah? you a have certain to, I, yeah, I think like a, there's a lot yeah, yeah basically responsibility you know, yeah you know people actually uh mean for me if i speak for myself when you're not used to responsibility sometimes you might think it's a joke but then th at that point when you're carrying someone you're carrying someone's life because you know when these people come and you're supposed to fly with them they're supposed to uh, to sign uh discharge saying that listen i'm going to this uh, i'm going inside this aircraft okay if anything happens that's on me you know but even if that person signed that paper that doesn't mean you have to crush that person down or maybe do some silly things anyways there is a lot of things like you have to take care about uh, about the plan you have to take care about the person you're flying and you have to take care about yourself you know if you go and fly and then because you did something stupid now you don't come back you know you've wasted a lot of money in uh, education you've wasted the other person's life you wasted the, the, the aircraft you know there is actually all those things but you're supposed to be very careful. That's basically, you know, you can't really, you can't actually program what's going to happen in the air, but you have to be very careful and aware. How long does it take to be a pilot in Arabic? Okay, basically, yeah, that's, it depends, yeah. It's either two years, yeah, it can take someone two years or maybe four years. That is the, the longest it can take you to get to be a pilot, four years, the shortest two years, because it also depends on the, the financial part. If you have money, you can do it as quick as possible. It's about you being uh, interested in the thing, how much you are investing yourself in the aviation yeah for it to be to last long or maybe last short i don't think i can get on a plane with someone who studied aviation for two years mm. to me it's like they have to learn again they have to gain more experience okay. <laughs> because I, I don't know it's just like i feel like if someone has only gone to school for two years and actually study aviation to me that's not the right amount of time one should do but anyway that's just my opinion yeah but uh now You've talked about flying planes. Take me through 
the very first plane that you flew. Mm. The very first one. It's like, I would like to think of it as the first lady you've ever kissed. <laughs> okay, okay. Like, okay, because yeah. I can never forget that girl. So I also assume that pilots will never forget the very first plane. The first plane I've flown in was this aircraft called Five Yankee Foxtrot Delta Hotel. It's a Cessna 172. And uh, that aircraft was just really nice. That was my first time in a small aircraft. And uh, there is this guy, uh, the instructor that was actually taking me uh, there. Uh, he just told me, man, enjoy the flight. Don't uh, take your phone out, take videos and everything and uh, just enjoy the thing. So we took off from Nairobi Wilson and then we went to the local area. The local area is basically an area where people fly and do maneuvers, stalls, because we have a lot of types of maneuvers. I guess you've seen aircraft doing flips and everything, but then that's the place where you can do all those maneuvers safely without interacting with other aircraft coming or leaving the airport. Yeah. So we went to that place and uh, the guy did a bunch of things you know i didn't know what was those because that was my first time in that aircraft yeah but you know that day i was so scared i was so scared i can tell you because the guy um uh, he did something and we almost float for like one second in the air and my phone actually left my hand and float i actually have the video of that time no and i was you know uh prior that day they told me that if you shout yeah or if you 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 puke in the aircraft that means aviation is not for you you know so instead of uh shouting like ah you know something like that i was like oh oh <laughs> so the guy was thinking that i really enjoyed it you know but i was so scared but uh, you know because i know when you do oh it's like oh you're very interested or something like that but you're like ah you're, you're like something is making you being worried or maybe terrified or something so i was like oh every time whenever he goes up and goes down you're like you have the feeling of leaving the seat and floating for a couple of seconds then you go back so it was just crazy we went back to land and uh, i was already feeling like as if uh, i wanted to go to the toilet because you know uh, after those movement yeah your belly is not really like uh like supporting those uh those g's actually it's called um so he said let's go and land for me it was the best the relief time you know now i'm going to touch the ground again so getting to the the airport the guy i didn't really hear at that time but the way when i came here in nairobi yeah I didn't speak English like I'm speaking right now. So my English was like a little bit uh, strange. Anyways, they talked to the, uh, the guy talked to the tower and uh, he got a clearance of I don't know what he was supposed to do. So the guy went, for me, I was like, this guy is coming to land, yeah? So I saw the airport, I saw the, the tarmac, the, the, the runway and everything. The guy went, touched down and then took off again. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> sorry if i'm supposed to say that i was like oh my goodness what is wrong with this you know and then when he took off it was like this guy doesn't know how many how much how, how, how heavy i mean how the pen of uh holding the thing that wants to come out of me is is painting and everything but the guy was just like uh we'll just do another turn and then come to land so when we landed now for the second time i was like oh my god that was uh that was just crazy uh he parked the aircraft i left the aircraft i never said uh, goodbye or something like that i just ran away to my place to relieve myself and then one thing is that the following day is like 
uh kevin do you want to do you want to fly again i was like no no no, no. Uh, i'll fly on monday it was actually a saturday and i was like i'll come back on uh monday but when i left that flight i felt really drained like all my energy was drained I'd, i've never understood that but i slept for hours and everything but then the thing is that it was fun yeah you know i was worried i can tell you i was like really really worried i was like this guy is going just to kill me you know but i didn't want him to see it so that was my first flight and uh, i really enjoyed it i still have some videos and uh, it was a really interesting one do pilots get used to the sensation of floating in the air mm. like you see when i'm on the plane i'm seated but you know it's not really as comfortable as if i'm sitting in my living room there's always a sensation you know that feeling does it ever go away yeah actually when you're used to flying i guess it just goes away because uh after flying for hours and hours i guess the body just uh accommodates those feelings and feel and it's like uh, these are normal you know through the years that you've been flying planes privately what's the one encounter that you will never forget mm, okay so i was uh <laughs> i was on this flight and uh, we were going to a place called Masinga that was uh that is actually in the northeast of Kenya I mean of Nairobi uh so when we were going there we went it was a very nice and smooth flight I mean just a little bit bumpy but it was okay so we went and then on our way back yeah so uh, the person I was with slept uh and then um so one thing is that going to the, that area there is a mountain yeah and you have to clear that mountain when we were actually going to that place masinga i had already felt that there were a lot of bumpiness on that uh, at that point so i was like listen i was on a heading uh, that was supposed to be so we have a uh, delimitation let me just uh, give you this small uh, thing so that you understand so whenever you're flying on a degree between 0 to 180 you're supposed to fly an even number so let's say 7500 or maybe 500 uh, 5500 because that's vfr and then if you are flying from 180 actually to 360 you're supposed to fly an even number which is basically 6500 and uh, 8500 8, depending Yeah so from 0 to 180 odd numbers and from 180 to 360 direction wise it's an even number so that day we're coming on a on a heading of um yeah it was supposed to be an even number so I was supposed to be at 6500 feet while coming back and then I decided to climb to 7500 uh just to cross that mountain because I was feeling like it was really bumpy and I didn't want to to wake the the guy up you know just wanted to make it as smooth as it is but apparently there were an aircraft coming in our direction and it was supposed to fly to that altitude I was on 7500 feet <laughs> it was just crazy you know the aircraft came you know it's just I mean, and plus one thing is that I was aiming the wrong direction yeah so I was actually you know when you're flying VFR that is the visual flight rule so you look outside and you take a fix a place that you follow and then once you get to the place you just pick another place and you follow it so I was picking a wrong place to to actually direct myself yeah maybe I was supposed to be directed towards you now I'm picking another thing another point or maybe another tree where I'm actually directed to 
And that was actually the only thing that helped us that day. So we were actually at the same level. So the aircraft came just like this next to us, you know, something like probably one or two meters away. And you know, aircraft don't have brakes, you know. Didn't you see him on... Coming from far? Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't even see him coming from far. You know, most of those aircraft are white. And most of the time, the, the sky is somehow blue or something, blue-whitish there, you know. And you can't really spot an aircraft from far. What about the radar? Okay, at that point, radar has already told me that there is another coming, uh, another aircraft coming in that direction. So maintain your altitude. What I did, because there were that... Uh, that uh, mountain, I wanted to go a little bit higher because the hair, the, the, the flight would be smoother. Yeah, then descend to my altitude. But then, unfortunately, the guys that were coming were already on that altitude. So that was the issue now. So when they came, uh, that was just the, the luck I had. I was directing myself to another direction. So we didn't collide. And the guy, I heard the guy talking in the the radios hey man what is wrong and i was like you know we, i'm actually descending so sorry so sorry but i was also shocked i was worried you know it was you know crazy i came back at my place and i was thinking about my life twice and thrice <laughs> rethinking do you really want to do aviation whoa <laughs> do you that really is, want to continue you, that yeah. is crazy yeah so that was the it was, I mean, uh, up to now, I still remember that day like it, uh, like as if it was yesterday. And I can tell you, I was so, so, so worried. You know, like the way cars actually uh, goes. I mean, you see the line that goes maybe like yeah. this and the other one, same thing. But you see, with aircraft, there is no brakes. And plus, there is wings, yeah? So it's not that if you think that, oh, you, you've seen an aircraft passing maybe five feet away from you that is not basically it because there is wings wings can still collide and it would have been a mess man just that uh, i'm actually speechless I, I don't know what to say yeah <laughs> man. I, I mean even even the guy i was with yeah i was like what if that day uh, i was aiming in the right direction yeah i'm pretty sure uh i don't know how many people were in that aircraft but i'm pretty sure they were already two lives out that would have been literally in the national news but i'm glad that you're here because had you crashed this interview would not have happened so <laughs> yeah you, uh you talked about turbulences what are what okay. are those okay uh, turbulences actually there are uh, if i can put it in a way where you can understand it easily basically when you pass through an area where there is uh no much uh wind or something like that to support the aircraft flow i mean the, the aircraft airflow yeah over the wind yeah so there is a breakup of that airflow over the winds that helps in that uh, uh that lift force yeah when there is that breakup of that lift force that's when you feel that there is turbulence and everything so it's like it keep on breaking up it's like a connection yeah they keep on breaking up and then picks up breaking up and picks up up to when the air is smooth yeah so that's basically turbulence i don't know if you understand i do but i hate them turbulences is there a way technology can get real far and just provide artificial i mean i don't know man but uh, <laughs> that that's a good idea maybe you should think about it and get millions <laughs> out of there but then one thing is that uh i mean turbulences there will be they'll always be there okay uh you talked about the one in cancer that you will never forget. What's the most complicated flight you've ever had as a pilot? 
Okay. The most complicated flight I've ever had. That's an easy one. <laughs> I can't forget it because I almost got lost. Anyways, one thing is that you can easily get lost in in the in the air, yeah. And uh, one thing as a new student pilot or as someone who just started aviation, uh, I was supposed to go for my solo cross country, yeah. And you're supposed to go alone. Yeah, with the aircraft for a certain uh, number of miles of uh, cross country, then you're coming back. So when I went, yeah, when I left, the weather was very nice. And then when I was coming back to Nairobi, uh, the weather became poor. It was like poor visibility. I couldn't see in front of me. So that's when I remembered in uh, my class. Uh, we were talking about people that get lost usually when they're flying. So when I was in that situation, I was like, man. Uh, this thing is happening to me now and it's real because I couldn't see in front, I couldn't see my left, right, and I was a VFR guy. Uh, at that point, I didn't know anything about IFR flight and everything. So the only thing I did is look outside and look for a reference point. And uh, while looking outside, I looked Wait, for... Yeah. how do you look outside on a plane? Yeah, see, you have uh, basically for those small aircrafts, you actually have uh, those big windows, the windshield and everything. So you can actually look outside and see what is going on, you know? So one thing is that when I was looking outside, basically that's the point of the VFR flight. It's a visual flight. You look towards a point, you fly till uh, you reach that point, then you pick another point in front and then you just go like that. Yeah. So basically, uh, when I looked outside and there were nothing to look out, the weather just closed up. Yeah. It was gray all over the place, up, down, left and down and everywhere. So I was just worried. I was like, man, I'm just lost. I don't know where I'm going to, to turn to. Uh, so... After a few minutes, I was like, maybe I should gain a little bit in height. Yeah, I actually added power, uh, gained a little bit in height. And I started looking around, just looking out there to find my way. And uh, so when I was looking outside, I don't know who was burning something, but I saw smoke. I was like, let me follow the smoke. Followed the smoke. Uh, got on top of the smoke. Now I could see the house I was supposed to, to see. Yeah, so I followed the house and that's when I got back because I didn't really want to call these guys and tell them, listen, you guys, I'm lost. Yeah, I don't know where I am. And plus, uh, I was coming back and the weather is closing in. I don't know. You know, it's just, it's somehow degrading, you know, you're just degrading yourself. So I was supposed to find a way of getting myself back. So actually... Uh, looked at that smoke. I don't know. That person was burning that day. I'm, I'm really happy. I don't know where he stays. But anyways, I was really happy he was burning that thing. So I just went towards the ho the house. It's a white house. Then when you reach that white house, you're already next to uh, Galeria. Yeah. And then after Galeria, you just turn towards the runway and then you go and land. So that's basically the thing. So the, the complicated flight was actually that part where I was like, should I go back? Should I call these guys? Uh, what should I do, actually? You know what's funny is the way you're telling the story, it's so normal to you. It's like just an average day. It's like you're talking about it. You say you get on top of this and then you turn around. And, and, and then I saw someone burning something. I will freak out. If I get lost up in the sky, you're talking yeah. about it as if you're driving a bicycle and then you saw someone speeding there. Like, oh, okay. Let me follow that guy. Uh, really? Like, <laughs> it, 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 it's so far. It's, and I'm not saying it's in a very, like, 
I mean, yeah. in a bad way. It's yeah. just fascinating the way you've gotten used to flying planes. And no, you know, you know one thing. You know one thing is that I actually at the point, you know, that I mean, I'm someone who doesn't. I don't know if I get scared. I'm like, you know, I mean, what am I going to do to it? So most of the time, I take things not really as seriously as they can be. Yeah, because that day, what happened is that I started laughing at myself. I'm like. <laughs> Now you're lost, man. Now you're lost. Kevin, yeah. You said that you you're not someone who takes things as seriously as, as they yeah. Can I be. mean, you know, you're a pilot. But yeah, that doesn't exclude that I must actually have to be responsible. You know. But that day, I was like, man, what am I going to do if I if I actually if I actually uh, get lost? The 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 craziest thing that could happen was me landing just wherever I could find a place to land. That's But the craziest. Thing, yeah, that's to the me craziest. the craziest is like dying. <laughs> okay, you never think about dying, man. <laughs> <laughs> If you think about dying, <laughs> it will happen. But then you don't think about it. What's the one thing, or can you even name two things that you've done as a pilot, private pilot, which was not um, part of your your school? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So huh, that is really interesting because one thing is that um, one thing that wasn't in my school program is learning how to use those uh, GPS, high-end GPS, and everything. So what I did is that I actually downloaded the Garmin GPS. Yeah, started learning it by myself, and uh, at the end, I started plotting and going to places using that Garmin GPS. Yeah, uh, on my tablet, so that I could go to places. You know, I mean, if it was a program in the school, would have just told you, you know, uh, if you want to plot for a place, you have to do this and this and this to go to a place. Yeah, with that GPS stuff. But it wasn't the program. The program of the school is for you to learn how to use your map. Yeah your uh analog things yeah you have a map you have a pen you have a ruler and you have a protector yeah that helps you to get the direction uh towards you're supposed to go or something like that so that is basically the program and i can tell you that's the best because sometimes those gps can easily lose the connection so maybe you'll be looking at the gps but you don't even see your direction anymore or where you are but if you're using a map then you know where you are and uh, you can basically follow follow your map that's actually the best earlier on when you talked about that experience when you're flying a plane when you almost crashed into another plane you you said that the other pilot communicated through the radio to you how does it work um you find yourself being on the same frequency there is we have a radio and most of the radios are megahertz receivers and uh, transmitters yeah so basically uh means it's basically the same thing as the radio that you hear everywhere in your car or something like that but there is a limitation to what frequency goes inside those aircraft radios and what frequency goes inside the, the car radios or maybe home radios and everything. The aircraft radios are very high frequency radios and uh, the other ones, radios, they are not very high. They're just high frequency, HF. So with those frequencies, you're able actually to put the, to tune in a frequency, yeah? Where you and me can actually listen to each other easily if in this country they're not using that frequency. So each airport, each uh, 
tower here in Nairobi has its own frequency where you can actually tune in the frequency and talk to them and they'll talk to you back you see so when you are actually on a cross country now whenever you go to a place uh, where there is no maybe tower or something like that there is this uh, frequency that we use it's uh, actually 118 decimal zero zero yeah megahertz that's basically the frequency that you use and one thing is that those frequency yeah those frequency that you use are actually whenever you're actually somewhere you actually communicate with other people on the same area you are or maybe that are a little bit far just to communicate your location in case of anything yeah in case you 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 are landing somewhere where there is no tower you tune in that 118 the small zero zero so basically that's the thing so i was actually on that frequency and the guy actually happened to be on that frequency so that's the way he actually talked to me as an african now rumor has it that pilots make a lot of money i mean everywhere let's not focus on the money part yet let's focus on what to you is the future of pilots in Africa with all its limitations with all its possibilities okay so um first of all let's go with uh, the limitation yeah um i guess at this point i'm going to talk as a congolese pilot first and uh then I'll go to Kenya and then maybe in the whole Africa. So one thing is that for me as a Congolese, I know that when I'm done with my commercial pilot license, I might get a job. But is it the the best of the job? Not really. Does it pay well? Maybe not. Because most of those Congolese jobs don't really pay that much. You know, I've heard people telling me, you know, you're going to be getting this much, this much, this much. But they don't really pay that much. Maybe for experience, that's really good. Everybody who goes and works in Congo wants a better future, a better, uh, better work, or maybe better amount of money. Uh, the first limitation in Congo is that we don't really have a lot of Congolese pilots. Most of uh, the pilots that are actually flying aircrafts in Congo, yeah, big aircraft, most of them are maybe white. And still, we have a lot of guys, Congolese guys that want to fly somewhere else, maybe in South Africa, Canada, you know, anywhere else in the world. So basically, that's the limit we have first in our country. The other limit now when you come to Kenya is that you can't fly here in Kenya, yeah, if you don't have higher ratings because they don't really take uh, foreigners, yeah, uh, that much, you know. The, I mean, I understand that's a very nice thing because, you know, it's their country. There is a lot of pilot Kenyans and, yeah, they, they have to find the job in their country, right? Yeah, same thing that should be done in Congo, yeah. They should call us, you know, from far. Listen, you're finishing school. Come fly in Congo. You know that this is your country. Give them good money, you know. So that's basically the thing. Here in Kenya, the, there is that thing where if you've maybe flown, yeah, many hours, you are someone who has a lot of experience, then you can possibly have a job. But if you're just a foreigner who comes and wants to start working and there is too many Kenyans there, that wants to work they'll give a kenyan first because that's the that's actually the priority but then in africa now uh in africa what i can say is that i'm pretty sure there is a lot of black pilots african pilots maybe from egypt from i don't know congo uh from zimbabwe from from every place but one thing is that uh, if i was to make a trip to uh to maybe south africa it's not going to be as easy as you can think here, yeah, even if I have my own plan. Uh, you don't actually have uh, the possibility to connect as easily as possible, yeah? 
with other countries through aviation. The second one I could say is that to actually link the whole Africa with only one civil aviation or something like that, that could be even better. You know why? Because with that civil aviation for the whole entire Africa, people can actually fly to every place. No need of going in a, in a country saying, listen, we have to change your license to from, uh, from the South African license to the uh, Kenyan license, or maybe from the Kenyan license to the Congolese uh, license. In Africa, going to school isn't always a guarantee for a brighter future. That's just a reality that we have in Africa and apparently there's nothing we can do about it. Mm -hmm. But do you think it's the same stigma with aviation? What I can tell you is that um, uh, if you go to an aviation school and if you manage to finish, yeah, those are two things. It's not as guaranteed that you're going to get a job just after the flying school. And that thing I've understood already. And one thing is that you being paid in the future a lot of money it's because of your experience not because you just did aviation there is a lot of people that did aviation kevin we're wrapping up i have one more question yeah. maybe this is the most asked question from people who take flights why can't we hear what pilots say i mean i don't know maybe it's a well uh it's a well i mean i don't know it's one thing that uh pilot do uh, by the way i'm going to be doing that <laughs> anyways it's just a way you know uh i mean there is audible pilots but then uh some of them wants to just speak faster it's not about speaking fast yeah it's inaudible yeah. it's just not audible <laughs> yeah but then one thing is that uh i guess it's uh something that they should change for me i'll be changing <laughs> <laughs> anyway kevin yeah thanks for being on the show i thank deeply you. appreciate it thank you too and uh i hope uh, you invite me again sure hey you help support this podcast by sharing each episode with your friends and especially the people you care about thanks for listening ciao